Hey, everybody, I'm here with uh, Scott Newman, who's the founder and CEO of Transparent BPO. And uh, hi, Scott. Tom, thanks for having me. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to do this. We're, as, as you and I have talked about, uh, we are starting a uh, partner spotlight series. And uh, the fact that, that you, know, you and I know each other and we've, we've done business together, and I really love your story. I wanted to, uh, to have you be the first. Um, in this series and, and give you the opportunity to, uh, to talk to our clients and really highlight, you know, uh, your story, what differentiates you, um, you know, Belize, we'll, we'll get into all of that. Uh, first, what I want to do is, is just kind of highlight, uh, you know, CX Partner Source and, and what we do um, and why we started uh, this business. Um, you know, we really found that, um, smaller and medium-sized partners uh, were not really uh, getting elevated. Most of the clients that we were talking to were, you know, were being sold by the larger BPO partners. And so our, our mission is to really bring light to partners like you who have a really unique solution. You're doing things right. You know, you're performing well. And so that's that's our goal is to really um, bring clients to to companies like yours, um, you know, so that so that you get opportunities to to really bring um, your your services to them. You know, so I, before I got my start at Transparent BPO, I worked on the other side of the industry. Um, I was the director of operations for a direct response company out of uh, the Maryland area where I'm located, and you know, we outsourced all of our contact center seats. Um, we had, you know, sales in, in Pakistan, Costa Rica, we had customer service in the Dominican Republic, we had collections out of the United States, um, we had web chat in India, we were really all over the map. And my job really was to see the customer lifecycle through, right? So from the acquisition to the customer service retention, and if it got there, all the way through collections. And as we started sort of operating this outsourced model, when I got there, um, we saw a number of common threads. One was that there really was a lack of engagement um, from these outsourced partners. Uh, you know, they were more focused on billable hours, not necessarily our customers' experience. Um, they ran what we like to call sort of the black box model, where you couldn't really see what was happening. Uh, you know, the example I always like to give is had an agent that was, you know, going by an alias of Michael Jordan. And then uh, they, they did something. And then the next day they come back as Michael Jackson, right? And, you know, without having the full visibility and honesty uh, into the operation, it made it very hard. I was always, as a manager, always playing uh, catch up and trying to find these sorts of issues. Technology did, did was always- there was a lack of trust, Scott? I, that's the- the sense that I get out of all that is you, you really couldn't trust your partners. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really at the core of, of what it is that, you know, when you go into these outsourced relationships, you got to have the element of trust um, that we're both operating in the, the best uh, interest of each other and uh, that we're, we're, we're marching towards the same goal. And I think that that was something that we saw that really at the end of the day, there was this lack of alignment where the outsourcers wanted billable hours and butts and seats and, I needed to have excellent performance for my customers. And we just couldn't find that. Um, and 
at the end of the day, the other thing that we saw really was this mass consolidation that was happening in the market where, uh, you know, the big tier one players were gobbling up a lot of the small and mid-sized players. And, you know, from my experience, what happens is that the customer's, uh, the customer's experience gets lost in that, that having highly customized solutions is really, really hard to do when you become a tier one BPO. Um, it's hard to put those in. So we so actually- Do you feel like you're, sorry to interrupt, because do you feel mm-hmm. like they're, they're trying to um, focus on the masses and build a model that you know, scales well from a hiring perspective, but, but the relationship side really suffers and the employee engagement really suffers. That's, that's my experience. Do you agree? I 100% agree with that. And, and really, I think what it comes down to is a lot of these large BPOs, they're not, their interests are very different. They are loaded with debt. They are potentially publicly traded companies. Um, and so their efforts and the, what they need to survive is very different than a company like ours um, and what we need to survive. And so, yeah, the client relationship is almost an afterthought. Um, a lot of these big guys build crazy churn rates into their business models, you know, 15% a year or more. Um, and, you know, the, the idea that we're, we would be working, that they would be working more on the customer experience and agent happiness, uh, it's a secondary thought when you have uh, big, massive private equity firms breathing down your neck. Yeah. And so that's where the, the lack of alignment really comes into play. If memory serves, you're the second largest employer in Belize. So you, you've really committed to Belize. And, and I happen to know firsthand um, how great of a market Belize is. Can you, can you talk about why, you know, why Belize? Yeah, you know, well, first, um, we are the second biggest employer in the country, and we're very proud of that. You know, we started the company back in 2009. With I hired and trained the first group of 30 employees. Uh, I lived in Belize to start the business, and uh, we've come a very long way. Um, we that, have that must about, have been really painful, Scott, to live in Belize. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, it was not a very tough transition, but I will tell you that one of the, the reasons why it wasn't tough is Belize is the only Latin American country where English is the native and primary language. But the really the cool thing about Belize is that almost 50% of their economy and you know, related industries to um, are all based around tourism. And so Belizeans understand American culture. They watch nothing but American television. Um, you know, they're ingrained into the US culture. When I moved down, I mean, I've had football arguments about my team versus theirs and basketball and, you know, they understood pop uh, culture. And, and I mean, it was, it was an easy transition from as an American to move down there and start the business. But that's really our, our secret sauce, if you will, and our differentiator in Belize specifically. Now, it, and, and I've, again, seen that firsthand um, sitting on a couple of calls with you. The accent in Belize is almost non-existent. Um, which, which is amazing to me because, you know, so many people, so many of our clients want to go near shore, but the first thing that, that comes to mind is the accent. And it's, you know, every person that I've talked to in Belize has, you know, little to no accent. Does that, do you find that with the entire workforce or is, or were you setting them all up that way? <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, when you look at any market, I think the degree of accent varies, um, you know, we've done a lot of work in other nearshore markets. I think that accent neutral is a great way to describe the Belizean market. But again, you know, it varies based on what part of the country you recruit from. Belize is 
bordered by Guatemala on the west and Mexico along the north. And so we are off, able to offer a bilingual workforce as well, um, which is a big part of our business. And so it really just depends where you recruit from. But when we, you know, our core operations are based out of Belize City, Belize, which is 20 minutes from the airport. It's an easy commute. Um, you know, accent neutral is, it's the best English I've ever experienced uh, yeah. in the last 15 years. What kind of rate can people expect in Belize? And I know, and I, and I, and I know Belize is, is kind of your primary. I know we've got some, some uh, uh, headcount, work at home headcount in the Philippines. We'll talk about that in a minute, but you know, what kind of rate structure do you, should someone expect in Belize? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, rates vary greatly because we don't have a, a standard I guess, operational package we go out to the market with. It really depends on the needs of the client, the scale, the kinds of oversight that's needed on the program. But I think in general, you know, you're looking at comparable nearshore rates. You would think that because English is the native and primary language that the rates would be much higher. Um, we are positioned the same, if not lower than Mexico and Guatemala, um, definitely lower than the DR. So I, people would be very surprised uh, at, you know, sort of the rates that they would get out of uh, the Belize market. So tell us, um, and Scott, this was a recent acquisition. I say recent a little bit loosely, I think over the last couple of years, but um, you guys have a, a pretty sizable work, for, work from home operation in the Philippines. And as I understand it, you're also building a, a brick and mortar site out there. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Philippines has been a great market for us as well. Um, we uh, blended them into our organization in middle 2019. Um, and it was a unique operation that we got approached with that really piqued my interest because as you had mentioned, the Philippines operation was work from home always. They had never had brick and mortar and it had been operating that way since 2009 uh, at a small scale, but it was running very, very efficiently. And no one was doing that back then at that kind of scale in the Philippines. Yeah. They didn't think it was possible. Uh, and, you know, we, we, timing I think on that was interesting because obviously it was pre-pandemic and when everybody else in the Philippines was trying to figure out if work at home was possible and how to actually do it, um, we were there and we were continuing to work. And so, you know, we do have a, a fairly sizable headcount and work from home and we're very, very excited to be opening up our first brick and mortar facility in the Philippines, uh, hopefully later this year, uh, if everything stays on schedule. Now, is that going to be in the metro or are you guys going provincial right away? Can you can you give a little detail on the location? Yeah, well, we're, um, uh, you know, we're going to stay metro for our first uh, facility. You know, our operating model is uh, we don't want to overbuild facilities. We think that having that same element of transparency for, that we give to our clients, we also need to give that to our employees. Sites need to be at manageable sizes. And so, um, you know, our, our first implementation in the Philippines will be in the metro area. And then as we continue to grow, uh, we will look outside of that. You know, where's your sweet spot in terms of, you know, size, you know, vertical, any, anything you can, you can give our listeners uh, any kind of direction, I think, from their perspective is always helpful on, on, you know, kind of where your sweet spot is. Can you share some of that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, in terms of you look at the markets that we're in, um, you know, they're very service oriented type markets. And as I've said for years, in any market you go into, you can always find a great sales culture. Um, but to grow to any kind of capacity, you have to really understand and respect the culture that you're mm -hmm. opening up into. And so, you know, I think rather than saying what verticals are really critical for us, because um, we are very diverse, I really look more of line of business. And I think that customer service, tech support, 
um, you know, back office data entry. Those are lines of businesses that we excel at in our markets today. We've seen substantial growth um, in those. In terms of client size and makeup, you know, it just really depends. Um, you know, our average client size is somewhere around 75 FTE, um, but we obviously have clients much larger than that and much smaller. I think when you go to, you know, when you don't look at the tier one players and you look more for the middle market BPOs that Tom, you know, your, your firm works with, I think what's really important is that you're looking, we cater to clients that are emerging or um, want more consultative engagements. You know, one of the cool things is that we have an amazingly experienced leadership team. That's part of our operating model. We have guys that have been in the industry running multi-billion dollar organizations for you know decades. And they come to Transparent because they want to make an impact and influence and actually engage with clients. And I think that's one of the nice values that these middle market BPOs provide is more of a consultative engagement rather than one of a client vendor type relationship. We, we choose the word partner um, very deliberately. And just, just like you chose Transparent BPO very deliberately. Um, I, I don't reference BPOs as vendors or suppliers or, you know, contractor, anything like that, because I think we all agree that, you know, this is a true partnership and this it's work. I mean, work to, it's work to outsource. It's work to maintain a, a relationship. It's work to, you know, when you have competing interests, you know, your interest is, is obviously revenue and to make money and, and your partner's interest is to uh, have a great delighted, you know, delightful customer experience, but at a cost that's, that's uh, fits within their budget. And so, you know, I see this as, as partnership. Can you talk a little bit about your approach on the relationship and just kind of what, what our listeners, if someone were to, to work with you, what, what they could expect? Um, I always refer to it. You have to identify your company's DNA and what's important to you and what the provider's DNA is. And finding the pure cultural alignment between those two is the absolute key to success in an outsourcing relationship. I think there's really three major, and this is debatable, but three major components of any BPO like myself, right? So there are the ones that are focused on digital transformation and technology. They're the ones that are focused on high quality customer service or you know, high quality interactions. Um, or specialized niche type markets. And then the third is the ones that are strictly focused on cost. And it's always tough when clients will come forward and they want all three and it's never possible. And I think that really understanding what is it that I'm looking for in a partner and what does this partner represent? You know, um, Tom, you've had a client that was fantastic that said up front, you know, I'm all about culture. The, how you treat your employees, that's all I wanna talk about for the next hour. Um, and that's the align, that's the cultural DNA that, that that company had. And evaluating partners against that is absolutely critical. Uh, so for us, I think when we look at engagements, we look at that DNA alignment to make sure that it makes sense um, and that they want a partner that is going to be involved in their business. Um, you know, we're certainly not going to tell you what to do, but we really view our job as, is to identify risks and opportunities, bring them to you, and work through the potential issues together to make sure that we have long lasting solutions. And I think that's what kind of builds really trusted, secure partnerships over time. And, and frankly, the reason we got in this business is to be able to 
represent um, clients and uh, outsource partners, BPO partners, um, in a neutral setting to say, you know, and Scott, I know you appreciate that because, you know, it, it doesn't, you don't have to spend all the time selling something that you really, you know, you're not sure what, what the relationship's like. So, so the value that we're bringing to the table is that, but I can say that it's, it's really refreshing to be able to have a conversation with you and, and, you know, present an opportunity to you. And if it's not a good fit, you say, nah, you know, that's, we're not going to do a good job, Tom. Yeah. And I, I think that part of that reason too, Tom, is that we pride ourselves in being a hundred percent referenceable with our clients, you know, and our client churn is better than I think any of the com- competition. And it's because we take a lot of pride in those relationships, but, you know, we're trying to grow the business responsibly. We're not just trying to grow to hit certain numbers or to hit a certain timeline. And so the relationships that we take on, um, you know, it is a two-way street, just like when you're interviewing somebody to join your company, it's a, it's a two-way interview. And I think sometimes people forget that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, I think, um, I, I think we've kind of hit our timeline, Scott, any, anything else that, that you feel like, you know, <clears throat> you want to make sure that everybody knows uh, about transparent BPO? Yeah, I mean, I just we are, we're going through a very exciting time right now. Um, we're growing, uh, you know, very very well and implementing implementing a lot of new things. We're continuing to grow in Belize as well as the Philippines and opening a site. And we're actively uh, looking for our next geography near shore to continue the growth of the business. And um, you know, we we just uh, just like you, Tom. You know, um, anytime that. Uh, clients have just general questions or need to have something answered, you know, that's kind of what we do. And so not every interaction has to be sales oriented and uh, just encourage people if they have questions to reach out to, to you and, and your firm or ours. And, um, you know, we'd be happy to help any way that we can. The relationships are what drive this business. And, you know, we really focus on that. Well, th- thanks again, Scott, um, for, for everybody listening, you know, appreciate you taking the, the time to listen. Um, so if you're interested in Belize, if you're interested in, in uh, really understanding nearshore markets or work from home in the Philippines, um, give us a call. Uh, uh, better to email me at tom.silzel at cxpartnersource.com. And Scott, you want to give your email address? Absolutely. It's scott.newman, N-E-W-M-A-N at transparentbpo.com. Okay, terrific. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate your time. Have a great week. Thanks, Tom.